This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. How many of you got your Bibles with you this morning? Amen. Got them on your phone. I hear you. Yeah, I, I like to, I use my phone a lot too. I got several translations on there so I can just flip back and forth. You know, they're really good. It's amazing what that little smartphone has, how it's changed our lives, isn't it? And the technology for the good of the kingdom too. How many know what we're talking about? <laughs> We kind of gave it away up there, didn't we? Covenant and contradiction, you know. Today we're going to talk about, last week we talked about the allies of our, our contradictions, you know, fear, our circumstances, the negativity that we hear swirling around us all the time, all the different things. And listen, you know, that's all real. And if we want to, we can live our life, you know, with that being the flag bearer of our attitude and our, and our, our heart and always be troubled. Always be worried. Always be anxious. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have peace even in the midst of tribulation. And that you might have somewhere to put all, cast all your cares and worries over on Him. Boy, I sure am glad because I, I got a bunch of them. But I don't have many more because I, I give them to Him. Amen. You know, sometimes that devil tries to come back around and re-deliver them. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> And I just do like they used to do with the old postman, you know, when it was insufficient postage. I just put reject, return to sender. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so anyway, today we're going to be talking about the allies of our covenant. You know, the, the covenant of God doesn't become real to us. It doesn't become active until we first decide to believe. You know, that's, that's what Christianity is all about. The whole basis of Christianity is about faith. It's, it all begins and ends with faith. What do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about His life? What do you believe about His death? What do you believe about His resurrection? What do you believe about the Bible, God's Word? It's, it's, all, it's all based on faith. And so until we decide to believe something, then nothing's really going to happen. Faith is the necessary ingredient to put our covenant with God into active motion. Let's look over in Hebrews 11. It's a very familiar scripture to, to many of us, but let's read it. Hebrews 11 in verse 1. Probably most people could quote it. 11.1. Now, faith is confidence. Well, I like that, don't you? Faith, faith, some people talk about, well, you Christians, you have blind faith. No, we don't. We don't have blind faith. Faith is confidence. Confidence is because we know something. Confidence is because we know somebody. Confidence is because we have a relationship that's real and vital, and so we have a confidence with our faith. He said faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I have an assurance about the faithfulness of God. I have an assurance about the promises, the covenant of God that He has given us. That what He has said, He is well able to do. And not only well able to do, but willing to do. Amen. 
And here's the thing about God. He's no respecter of persons. He doesn't care about your sex, your gender, your background, your ethnicity, the color of your skin, the, the, your checkbook. None of that matters. He don't care what you drive, if you walk. He, none of that matters to God. God loves you because he is love. So the only way we're going to live under the benefits of the covenant is we've got to walk by faith and not by sight. And that's a difficult thing to do, especially when we first start out. Because we're used to just living by what we see. I got up this morning, I had a pain in my side. I'm not having a good day. I got into work, the boss is cranky. I'm definitely not having a good day. You know, so, so we're used to doing that. Or we show up, you know, at, at the job and, you know, and the guy that's supposed to be helping us is, you know, an hour late. You know, whatever it might be, or we, you know, we get ready to, you know, to, to do something and, you know, an appliance breaks down or something happens. You know, things are always happening in this world that we live in. And if we live by our sight and, and how we feel all the time, it's no wonder you never have any joy. It's no wonder you never have any peace. I don't know how you do it. Uh, if I had my hat on, I'd take it off to you. I don't know how you do it without faith. I don't know how you do it. I, I, people go through life without, without the Holy Spirit's help, without the love of God, without the peace and joy of God. How do you do that? I, re I really don't know. And in verse 6, notice he goes on talking about this. He says, uh, he says uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So God is a faith God, isn't he? He is, he is looking for somebody to believe him before he ever does anything. Can you believe in the goodness of God before you see the goodness of God? Can you believe in the salvation and forgiveness of sins before you can ever see what your sin looks like? Kind of hard to see a sin, isn't it? The Scriptures are the only thing that can tell us what it's all about. Otherwise, you know, I'm okay, you're okay. That's the world's mantra, isn't it? There's no sin because, you know, whatever, you know, whatever anybody wants to do, as long as you don't, you know, as long as you don't mess up my plans, I don't care. That's their attitude. But that's not God's attitude. God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Y'all need to give. We need to pay the power bill. <laughs> kind of hard to read the Bible without lights, isn't it? No, I'm just kidding. It's just a glitch. It'll be all right. <clears throat> the, the power bill is paid. I was just, I'm just kidding. We, we pay our bills. We don't, we don't get by. <clears throat> and then uh, let's look one more scripture there. You're in Hebrews chapter 8. Hey, Killian, how you doing? How you doing? You good? Okay. Just checking. Hebrews 8, verse 6, it says, But in fact, the ministry of Jesus has received, the ministry Jesus has received is a superior 
to, is as superior to theirs, talking about the old covenant, as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. So faith in God is what? Faith in his word. Faith in the Bible. That's where it begins. So here's the thing. You want to know how much faith you have in God? How much faith do you have in the Bible? Well, I don't know. It seems like the Bible's hard to understand, you know, all those these and thous. Well, I got good news for you. Come into the 21st century. You don't have to read it with the these and the thous anymore. You can read it in modern English. I mean, there's the, the Passion Translation, the New Living Translation, the New American uh, Standard, the NIV. I mean, there's all, you don't have to, you don't have to try to figure out what Queen Elizabeth was talking about when she saith, it thus so, saith the queen. <laughs> I remember, you know, in, in, in college, you, you know, taking English literature, I know you wouldn't believe hearing me talk that I took a lot of English, but I did. <laughs> I couldn't help if it didn't take. I, I did my best. But I remember a lot of it, you know, was it, it, I took several courses in English lit, and, of course, it was all in the old English, you know, Elizabethan trying to read Shakespeare. Shakespeare's hard enough to understand without, you know, the, the thither and thither and hither and yon and what light breaks through yonder window. <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, but we need to read the Scriptures because that's the basis of our faith. Get you a translation that you understand. I know there's people out there get all uptight about, well, you know, the King James Version is the only version. Well, I got news for you. Before the King James, it was the Greek. Before the Greek, it was the Aramaic. Before the Aramaic, it was the Hebrew. So, you know, just chill out. God gave His Word so that we could understand it in our language. That's why we help, uh, you know, we support uh, Bible translations because they're uh, nations around the world, they don't, how you know everybody doesn't speak English? As a matter of fact, it's probably one of the minor languages in the world. Amen? There's more people speak Mandarin than speak English, French, Spanish put together. I mean, there's a, a billion, over a billion people that speak Mandarin, Chinese, you know. So I guess if you know, if God's an ethnic person, he must be a Chinese. He made the most of them. <laughs> see, see, that's where our thinking can get. But anyway, but find you a version that you can read and understand. New Living Translation is a wonderful version. It's just everyday talk. And, you know, here's the thing. When, when the Holy Spirit talks to you, it'll be everyday talk. You know, he doesn't have to sound a bugle and say, Thus saith the Lord. Wouldn't that be something? I called you up on the phone. <laughs> I say, hey, is this Bruce? Yeah. Is this Pastor North? Thus saith the pastor. <laughs> Thus saith Norris. <laughs> hey, thank your Lord of mercy. He's fell and hit his head. <laughs> faith in God is faith in his word. The covenant is revealed by God through his word, the Bible. This is how we get to know this covenant we're talking about. This new covenant, it's a brand new covenant. I cannot access and know the covenant of God without two things. The word of the covenant, which is right here, God's word, and then faith. 
faith. You know, this is called a New Testament, the last will in New Testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, a testament, you know, once a will has is, is been authenticated, you know, they've, you've taken to reprobate, it's probated. I mean, it cannot be, it cannot be changed thereafter. I mean, especially once the, the one who wrote the will has died, it cannot be changed. I mean, what is set down in there is set down in there, and that's the way it is. The lawyer can't change it. The court can't change it. All you're whining about how unfair it was that Grandpa didn't leave me more money ain't going to change it. It is settled. How much more God's covenant is settled. Jesus died so that every promise in here could be yes and amen to you. God, every promise God gave, He wants you to have. Every benefit of the covenant, God wants you to have. He wants you to have it. He didn't have to give it to you. If I gave you $100, you know, what would you think was my intent there? I hope you would think it was I just wanted to bless you and I wanted you to enjoy that $100. Not that I was trying to buy you. Surely I, I couldn't buy you for $100, could I? No. I didn't think so. So all of the blessings of God, they're in this Bible. We call the New Testament especially. All the promises of God, they're yes and amen. And we need to know what's in the Bible. This is why you need to be a reader of the Bible. Just read it. Find out what's in it. Find out what belongs to you. I mean, if God gave it to you, He must want you to have it. And if God wants me to have it, I want to have it. If God wants me blessed, I want to be blessed. I'm not going to apologize for being blessed. Amen. I'm not, going to be, I'm not going to apologize for having money in the bank. I'm not going to apologize for being able to wear nice clothes or drive a nice car or live in a nice house. I'm not going to apologize for being able to help and bless other people in their time of need. I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm not going to apologize for having peace in the midst of the storm. God gave it to me. I didn't earn it. I'm not bragging on myself. But it's, we're talking about covenant and contradiction. Because really, you know, most of us, that's where we're at. We have God's promise, but we're also dealing with contradictions in our lives. I'm living with a big contradiction right now. But you know what? None of that moves me. You know why? Because I've got a covenant. The covenant's bigger. The covenant's greater. Amen? So I'm living by the covenant. But see, I'm glad I know what's in the covenant. I'm glad I'm not like some Christians, you know, who think, you know, God make people sick because He wants to teach them something. I got news for you, man. I'm telling you what. If you're really sick, I mean, you're not really wanting to go to algebra class. You know what? Man, I'm telling you, I'm so sick I can't hardly pick my head up. I think I'm on enroll in trigonometry. <laughs> Isn't that the silliest thing you ever heard of? God make you sick to teach you something. That don't teach you anything. Sicker I get, the worse I am to be around. Come on, don't look at me in that tone of voice. You know it's true. You don't feel good, you're not at your best. But when you feel good, when your body's healthy, when your mind's at rest in peace, man, we're all easier to get along with, aren't we? Is this all right? I mean, you know, I know this is not religious sounding, but it's the truth, isn't it? And God wants us well. Spirit, soul, and body. Amen. 
and it has to do with the covenant. And I may be dealing with contradictions. You may be dealing with contradictions. But that's when we get into this book called the Bible. Find out what God covenant has said. Amen. I look over there in Psalm 103. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities and healeth all your diseases, who crowns your life with good things, so your life is renewed like the eagles. That's what I'm believing. That's what I'm talking about. That's what's in my mouth. Instead of, why this happened to me? Because you're in the world. Amen. And there is a devil. Well, I ain't never seen him. Well, you never seen your brain either, but you believe you got one. I hope you believe you got one. Something got you here today. <laughs> so faith in God is faith in His Word. Faith in His Word is faith in the covenant. Faith in the covenant. I believe that God is a God of integrity. That He means what He says and He says what He means. If He didn't want you to have it, why would He go to all the trouble to give it to you? He wants you to have it. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be well. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to have a good marriage. Let's look over in Romans 8. Let's look over there in Romans 8. We're talking about the allies of our covenant. See, by faith, I humble myself under the mighty hand, the mighty covenant hand of God. See, my circumstance wants to say one thing. My body wants to say one thing. When I look at the covenant, I look at God's Word, He's saying, by His stripes you're healed. My body says, boy, you ain't feeling too good. You better lay down. And I ain't kidding. Amen? Or, you know, the, uh, the covenant may say, my God will supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But I look at my bank account and it says, I got uh, $29.33. You ever been there? Boy, I'm telling you, you've heard my story. I've been there many a time. I mean, I, I remember when, when Jessica there, she's all grown now, but when she was Killian's age, we were living in Argentina, living by faith, her and, her and John Paul. One was three, the other one was a year and a half. You couldn't, if you were a missionary, you couldn't work there. You couldn't get a job there. So every day we had to trust God for our rent, our telephone bill, our power bill, our car, our gas, our food. Every day we had to see it from God's hand, or we didn't have it said. I call, call up home this way before the Internet. Way before the Internet. So you have to call up home, and that was a chore itself. That'd take about an hour to get, finally get through. I call home and say, how much money we got in the bank this week? $10. Boy, you wanted to cry or shout, so I just decided to shout. But I want to tell you something. Let me say this. Uh, we saw miracle after miracle of God's provision. I mean, God would just, I mean, I mean, we had people one time from Africa meet our need. Don't tell me God's not still in the miracle business. I mean, we'd need it. And I mean, we went through in hyperinflation there where they would adjust in the middle of the month. You, you, paid, you already paid your bill, but in the middle of the month, you got a, a, an adjustment. At Rio Huste. 
And it would be the same amount that you just got through paying or more. Come on. But see, here's the thing. You make the decision, what will I believe? The contradiction or the covenant? What am I going to believe? And so, you know what we believe? We believe in the covenant. We believe God's Word. And God's Word was faithful, and He always came true. Amen? That's, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm convinced of that. Where did I tell you I'll turn to? Romans 8? Let me get over there. Just seeing if y'all knew. I knew. 8.34. He says, Who then is the one who condemns no one? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Jesus, we're talking about allies now. We've got allies out of our covenant. Jesus is the apostle and high priest over our covenant. He ever lives to make intercession. One of the ways he does that is that the blood that he shed at Calvary, sprinkled in the heavenly holy of holies, that blood is constantly interceding and saying, forgiven, healed, provided, delivered, God's child, God's heir, God's joint heir. Hallelujah. Think about it. An infallible God with a perfect God-man Savior has made a covenant and given it to you. So it's no longer subject to if you mess up, the covenant's blown. The covenant can't be blown. I said the covenant can't be messed up. You know why? Because it's between God. We looked at this, didn't we, in Galatians? And the seed... The seed, who is the seed? Christ Jesus. And we who are in Christ by faith, we are also the seed. So the covenant's secure. You say, but I, but, but I, I, I messed up. I, I, I sinned. Well, he said, confess it and God will forgive you and, and you keep going. But I don't, that doesn't mess up the covenant. That doesn't wreck the covenant because Jesus is the apostle and high priest over the covenant. He ever lives to make intercession by His blood. And also, He ever, ever, ever lives to make intercession at the right hand of God. We just read that right here. He's right, he's right there. He's, he's saying, nope, he said, that's one of ours. That's my boy. That's my girl. They're forgiven. The blood says they're forgiven. The blood says they're forgiven. The blood says they're blessed. The covenant says they're blessed with with faithful Abraham. They're Abraham's heir. Remember, we talked about Abraham. Abraham wasn't perfect. I mean, he came out of Egypt after lying about his wife being his sister and everything else. It says he came out and says that he, he was rich because Pharaoh gave him silver, gold, camels, donkeys, horses, whatever he had. Abraham became rich, not because he was a good businessman. I'm sure he probably was but because the blessing of the Lord was on him. You're not going to get blessed. I mean, I'm sure if you're in business, you're a good businessman. You should be diligent. But you know what? The blessing's going to be on you, not because you're a good businessman or a good businesswoman, but because the blessing of God's on you. You need to elevate your thinking. Elevate your believing. He ever lives to make intercession at the right hand of the Father. Look, in, look back over at Hebrews 12. I'll tell you, Hebrews is a good book. You ought to just read through that 
while we're talking about covenant this month. Because that's really what he's talking about. He's comparing the old and the new covenant. And he says, we've got a far better covenant. But you look over there at that old covenant, it won't too bad. I said, it won't too bad. God says, I'm going to give you every place, every place you put your foot. He said, I'm going to give it to you. He said, everyone that rises up against you, he said, I'm going to cause them to flee before you seven ways. He said, he said, he said I'm going to bless your bread and water and take sickness and disease away from your midst. The number of your days I will fulfill. That's the old covenant. And he says, we've got a better covenant. So why are we mealy-mouthing and mully-grubbing around like they had it better than we had? No, we got, we got, we got covenant plus. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm at that age, you know, now where, you know, Medicare age, you know. I know I don't look it, but I am. But, you know, they're all, you're always getting the stuff in the mail. They were, you, know, you know, to add to your Medicare, you, you need a plus. You got Medicare, but you need something else. Well, you know, the old covenant was good, but God knew we needed something else. And that something else put us way over the top. We got a better covenant. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, he said, let us throw off everything that hinders and the weights and so forth. And no, notice he gets there, he says in verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is now set down at the right hand of the Father on high. Wow. And then look down in verse 24, same chapter. He said, look to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Hallelujah. A better covenant, a mediator of a better covenant. We've got a better covenant. We are now children of God, not servants of God. We do serve God, but we're, we serve God because we love God. But we're children of God. And all the benefits and all the blessings of the old, plus all the benefits and all the blessings of the new covenant are now ours. They're ours now. You don't have to try to get, you don't have to try to get them. They're yours. Jesus has already purchased them. Get, let that sink in a minute. I see so many Christians, they think their faith is to try to, to, to you know, to get the covenant to work for them. No. Your faith is just simply to accept the covenant that's been provided for you. You know, I'll go back to the $100. Let's, 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 let's up it a little bit. We're in the 21st century. I, I, I got a $1,000 bill here I'm going to give you. That might make you at least be willing to get out of your chair, right? <laughs> now, I know if it was a 10000 I could probably get everybody out of their chair. But, you know, your faith is what? As I said, if I held it out here, I said, yeah, I got, I got a $1,000 bill just like this for everybody that will receive it. All right? You stay right where you are. Guess, guess where the, the, the $1,000 stays? God says... 
I got a million dollars right here. But you just stay there. See, it doesn't do you any good unless you what? Receive it. And see, your, your faith wouldn't be to come up here and tackle me. When y'all hold him down, well, I get it. See, some people got that idea of God. Okay, Myrtle, you hold God down, I'll grab it. That's not God. That's not the way God is. No, he, he's up here. He, he's just holding it just, just loosely as can be. Come get it. A child could come get it. Killian could come get it. Amen. As a matter of fact, he encourages the children to come get it, doesn't he? That's the covenant. And see, that's what faith is. Faith receives it. I just, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Norris. I sure could use it. God must have spoke to you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your generosity. I'm going to use it and enjoy it. The Bible says that every good gift, every perfect gift, comes down from the Father above. Isn't that right? And He says He he richly gives us all things to enjoy. God don't mind you being happy. God don't mind you enjoying the good things in life. He provided them for you. I don't know why I'm off on this tangent, but anyway, maybe it's helping somebody. Look, you're there in Hebrews still. One more scripture here in Hebrews 7, 25. Listen to this. Therefore, he, speaking of Jesus, is able to save completely, 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 completely. He's able to save completely, completely. Think about that word. He's able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Wow. A high priest of our confession. Jesus obtained it for you and I so that we might enjoy all the benefits of it. And so we have Jesus, our high priest. We have His blood, which was shed and is constantly speaking and interceding that we are completely saved. You're not halfway saved. And the rest, you've got to get on your own somehow if you struggle you know, somehow, some way. I remember the story I heard Brother Hagin say he was holding a meeting for a preacher, and man, he was in trouble because he didn't understand some things about the covenant. Yeah, pre- even preachers don't understand things about the covenant sometimes. And so he was in trouble, and said, so they'd get there early to pray, and here's the way this guy would pray. They're, you know, they're in there praying together. Now, you can imagine trying to pray with a guy like this, praying out loud. He said, "Oh God, somehow, some way." Move God somehow, some way, somehow, some way, somehow, some way, somehow, some way, somehow, some way. Oh God, somehow, some way, somehow, some way. And he said that's just the beginning. He going like that. He going like that sometimes for thirty minutes. Man, I don't know. I'd be like him. I'd be looking for somewhere else. I mean, you know, something. You go play a game of solitaire or something. I mean, good Lord. That ain't praying. 
And so we need to understand, you know, all that's been provided for us. He is our covenant guarantor. Ooh, I like that. You know, used to, and when, we were, when I was growing up, you know, they had, the, uh, anybody remember Sears and Roebuck? They had the Sears catalog, and, you know, and then they had the Sears guarantee. And in the Sears catalog, they always, the same product, they'd have, they'd have uh, good, better, and best. Anybody remember that? Y'all don't remember. Y'all, you have to Google that. I'm not even sure if Google will go back that far. But they'd have like a, like a, like a winter jacket. And it'd be the same. They have jackets, but they have sound. Now, this one's, this one's good. You know, it's, it's adequate. It's good. This one's better, but this one's the best. And see, God, God's not after us just to have the good and better. He wants us to have the best. That's why he sent Jesus. And it also had the Sears guarantee. It didn't matter. If anything, for any reason, anything, you didn't like it or whatever, you sent it back, you got your money back. No questions asked. It was, it was guaranteed. How many things are guaranteed now? Maybe, maybe, maybe if you're lucky, a year. I mean, and that's, I mean, you, something you spend some pretty big bucks on. I mean, we buy a pretty expensive appliance, and it's good for 90 days, maybe parts and labor, and maybe a year. Yeah, not too much of but But notice here, he says here in Hebrews 8, let's look there about verse, about verse 6. He says, uh, let me find it here in my Bible. He said, but in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs, talking about the old covenant, as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. For if there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, no place would have been sought for it. But God found fault with the people, and so he made a better covenant. One translation says he is the mediator and the guarantor of the new covenant. You're not the guarantor of it. See, contradictory circumstances, the enemy doubts, fears will tell you, listen, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't cutting it. You're just not up to par. You just, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, remember that attitude you had? Remember what you told that person? Remember you got mad at that person? Remember you blah, 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 blah. And so he wants to tell you that because of that, you know, the covenant's not going to work for you. But Jesus is the guarantor of the covenant. Now, we're not, we're not lauding those attitudes. You need to repent of those. But listen, that didn't destroy the covenant. That didn't make the covenant of none effect. I mean, if you'll repent... Ask the Father to forgive you. you can, you'll be right back and have every benefit of the covenant. It's yours right then. You can, you can be healed right then. You can be blessed right then. You can be delivered right then. You can get your peace back right then. But he's the guarantor of the covenant. Jesus is the apostle and priest over the covenant. Now, I won't have time to get into this because uh, it would take too long. But everybody knows. Read over there in Ephesians. Let's look over there. The armor of God. We could also call this covenant armor. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you what. If you're in the fight of faith, laying hold of a, the promise of God, 
that is being contradicted by circumstances and the enemy in your life, it's a fight of faith. Ephesians 6, he says so right here. Ephesians 6, 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Though there is a struggle in this life. He said, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. He said, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, what's that day of evil? The contradiction. The day of contradiction, the day of evil comes. You may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. So what's going to enable us to stand when the contradiction comes? The armor of the covenant. This is covenant armor. This is God's armor. And if you don't put this armor on and keep it on, you're not going to be able to stand. The contradiction will overwhelm you. Now, I'm not going to get into each piece. I'm just going to read it here. But you need to go back and study this out. Because every piece of the covenant armor is to help you withstand a contradiction onslaught. There's armor for your mind. There's armor for your heart. Amen. There's a weapon for you to fight with, a two-edged sword. There's a shield of faith by which you quench all the fiery darts. You know what the fiery darts of the enemy are? It's his words of doubt, fear, and unbelief. They don't need to penetrate you. Just let them stick into that shield. Shield to put every one of them out. God, 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 that shield of faith, it's, it's fireproof. I said it's fireproof. You know, it's kind of like one of those uh, fireman suit, you know, they made that's fire resistant, except this is even better. It's not just fire retardant, it's fireproof. It puts out every fiery dart. So he says, as he stood firm with the belt of truth, belt of truth around your waist, we need to know the word, need to know the truth, the belt of truth around your waist. He said, the breastplate of righteousness. So he can't get at your heart. You know what? I'm right with God. You know why I'm right with God? Because of what Jesus did. Not because I did everything. I didn't cross every T this week. I didn't dot every I. I didn't do everything just right. My attitude wasn't always right. I didn't always say the right thing at the right time. Now, if you did, we, we, we salute you. But that didn't change the covenant. That didn't make it more powerful. We're glad that you're maturing like that. But, you know, I want you to understand that. I have on the breastplate of righteousness. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says, your feet fitted, uh, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. What? I have peace with God. See, when I have peace with God and I know God's not mad at me, I don't have to be mad at you. Hello. When I know I've been forgiven all of, all of my stuff, it's pretty easy for me to forgive your little bit of stuff. But see, if, I, if I'm mad because I think, you know, God hadn't forgiven me, God's mad at me, well, I'm just going to turn around and be mad at you. You know, I grew up with a, in a pretty large family. I had uh, two older brothers and one that was younger than me. So, you know, we was always passing the licks. You know what I mean? My brother Henry, of course, he was the oldest, you know, so he always started the licks. 
I don't know, it might not have worked that way in your family, but the oldest one, she usually started the licks. So he, he'd hit Wayne, and Wayne was the next oldest, and Wayne hit me. The time it got to me, and I hit the baby, I got in trouble. <laughs> don't hit the baby. You can hit the middle child, but don't hit the baby. <laughs> I get in trouble all the time for hitting the baby. He said, take up the shield of faith. We already talked about that. He said, which can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation. That's how you have peace. Without the helmet of salvation, I'm going to tell you, I don't know how you have peace in this world today. You look at all the stuff you, you see on our opening slide, you know, that picture of contradiction. You know, that's a picture of, over there of, of the war in the Ukraine. But, you know, some of, the, some of the greatest wars have not just been waged by machinery and tanks and aircraft. Some of the greatest wars, battles are right in the human heart and in the human mind in the middle of the night the night sees that's when that devil loves to come because he's a he's a he's a spirit of darkness and it's in the middle of the night when he wants to come and tell you you know what god don't care about you you're not going to get healed this time god's not going to take that's not going to save that son of yours i got god don't he's not going to do that or that pain hits your body, and you can't sleep, and you're trying to believe God, you're standing strong. Man, you better have the helmet of salvation because there's some great battles that are fought and won when it's just you and God and that stupid devil. Boy, I plan to be, I plan to be lakeside when he gets thrown into the lake of fire. And I'm going to be cheering all the way. I ain't going to feel sorry for him one bit. All the misery he's caused so many people. No mercy. So each piece is vital to my standing strong in my covenant rights. I think you can see that as we go through this. Then he says, finally, take the sword of the Spirit. That's God's Word. Put it in your mouth. In your heart and in your mouth. Speak that, speak that Word out. Man, you have to speak it out. You have to say it, church. You have to say it. You have to say it. Man, I, I, I've, quoted, I've quoted Psalm 103 so much, I can almost say it backwards. I've quoted Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us, me from the curse of the law, have been made a curse for me, that the blessing of Abraham might come on me, that I might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, if you're Abraham's seed, you're God's children and heirs according to the promise. Hallelujah. That's my covenant. He said, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And then finally, I'll close with this, the Holy Spirit. God has not left us orphanless. You know, this is the great difference between Christianity and all the other religions of the world, is God is with us. God is with us. I have the fellowship and the presence and the strength and the comfort and the wisdom and the guidance of the Holy Spirit every moment of the day. That's how you do it. Oh, it's great. It's great. See, I, I don't know. Some people think you, you Christians must be, y'all must just be, you know, completely out there in la-la land to, 
to live the way you live. No, we're not in la-la land. We're out there in hallelujah land. We're out there in the glory realm. You know, it used to be an old song years ago. They'd sing, you know, he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I'm his own. Well, he still does. One more scripture and we're going to pray. Romans 8. We've got some giveaways here. We're going to give away for our dads today. And we're going to pray over our dads. Romans 8, 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba. That means Daddy. Daddy, Father. The, fa- the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. You know, I, I have a chance to get into this, but you know, the sufferings of Christ are, are really just this, that we stand in the face of contradiction and we believe God. That's the sufferings of Christ. Not sickness, not disease, not getting your leg broke, not winding up in ER, not winding up in ICU for a month. But as we stand in the face of the contradiction when the enemy is screaming and saying, not this time. It's not going to work this time. You're not going to get your healing this time. God's not going to provide for you this time. God's not going to save that child of yours this time. He's not going to deliver that child this time. That's, see, when you stand, you say, I'm, I believe my God. That it will be even as it was spoken unto me. And we stand we stand. Listen, that's the sufferings of Christ. The Bible says that He endured the contradiction. You think there wasn't some contradiction on the cross? Here is the Son of God, perfect, the Creator of all things, allowing Himself to be sacrificed, humiliated, taken on all our sin and all our sicknesses, being separated from God. You think that wasn't some contradiction? That's why Paul said, our light afflictions. I mean, here's Paul. He's put in prison. He's shipwrecked. He's beaten with 39 stripes five different times. I'm amazed he just lived through it all. But he called it my light affliction. I wouldn't want to know what a heavy one was. Amen. But He is our enlightener, our guide. He is the enforcer of our covenant rights. When you stand in faith, when you speak God's covenant promises, the Holy Spirit is right there with you. He's right there with you. Man, I'm telling you. In the Old Testament, there was a, a time when the king of, of Syria was, went to the prophet. He was facing a superior army was coming against him. And he went to the prophet and he said, we need God's help. I'm paraphrasing. He said, but we need the help of God. And the, the prophet says, he said, take up, your, but take up your bow. So the king took up his bow 
He said, take an arrow. And he put his arrow in the bow, and he said, pull it back. And he pulled it back. But then just before he let go, he said, this is going to be the arrow of deliverance. The prophet put his hand on the king's hand. See, it was one thing for the king to, to let go of the arrow of deliverance. But the prophet represented God. When he, and see, that's the Holy Spirit. When we, we speak God's word, it's like we're kings and priests. We're taking up our kingly bow and arrow, and we are about to fire the arrow of deliverance, God's word. But listen, there is an unseen hand. The Holy Spirit, he puts his hand on your hand. And I'm telling you, when you let go of that thing, it's got some supernatural power behind it. And it's the arrow of your deliverance. The arrow of your deliverance. Let me give you some action points. We're going to pray. You're not alone in the battle. Where do you go when life happens? By that I mean when there's a contradiction. You're sick. You're lack. There's strife. There's marriage problems. Where, where do you go? Well, I just go off into the garage, you know, and just get by myself until she finally comes to her senses and <laughs> tells me that she's sorry. <laughs> or I just give him the silent treatment. And he can forget if he thinks he's going to get me to cook any dinner for him. Until he tells me just how wrong he done me. I know I don't have anybody like that around here. Or, or, you know, or we get on the worry wheel. You know what the worry wheel is? You ever seen one of those? Somebody might have had one. You ever had those gerbils? People had those gerbils, and they always, they always had that little wheel in there, you know? You see that little gerbil in there. I mean, he's getting it. I mean, his little legs about that long, about the fast. He can go. That's, that's what I call the worry wheel. Because he's running like crazy. He's doing all kind of energy, but he ain't getting nowhere. And that's what worry does. You get on the worry wheel and you just worry, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I don't know. I've got this problem. What are we going to do? I don't know. You don't come up with a solution. You're just on the little, little worry wheel. You're like that little critter. You're just, you know, and, and the devil's just laughing at you. Yep, we got him on the wheel again. Or some people go to that place of fear, they're just paralyzed. They don't know what to do. Oh, God, what are we going to do? Oh, my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Looks like we're going under. Looks like we're going to lose everything. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'm not making fun. You, you know, if, if, you're, if you're not a believer, if you don't know the Lord, then you, you, you can go somewhere. But, you know, as believers, we need to learn to walk by faith. I go to the covenant. I go to God's Word. I go to the Holy Spirit. I, go, I, have, I have someone a living someone who is greater than my problems. I have a covenant, a promise, promises from God that are sure. I have a strategy. 
Hallelujah. What's your strategy? You a little gerbil? There's better ways to lose weight than worrying. And then finally, build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says if you're a Christian, He's living in you. He's with you. But listen, if you ignore Him, listen, you, you want to wreck your marriage? I don't recommend it. Just stop speaking to each other. Stop communicating. I guarantee you it won't take 30 days. You stop communicating, and boy, it's going to be a mess. I've done a lot of talking with the people, you know, marriage counseling through the years and all, and you can always trace it back. I mean, it might have started with a money problem or this problem, but the real problem was they stopped communicating. They weren't talking talk to each other anymore. They weren't on the same page. They planned a blame game. We have to talk about that sometime. The blame game. You did it. 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 It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. So, which one are you? I hope you're one that will go to the covenant. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray just for a moment. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.